Are you looking for a sexy and smelling good candle that is going to set the mood for romance? Well, you've come to the right place because we here at Romance and Color recommend you Glow Girl Candle Company. The candles are amazing. They're eco-friendly, made from coconut soy wax and free of toxins and parabens. They come in amazing, sexy smells like pineapple sage and black raspberry and vanilla that are sure to get you in a sexy and romantic mood. Black woman owned and based out of LA, You Glow Girl Candle Company is the move to set the mood right. Visit them at You Glow Girl Candle Co. Dot com and tell them Romance and Color sent you. Now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Romance and Color. Thank you for joining us for another week of our Writing in Color uh, author profile series. I am one half of the duo here at Romance and Color, Tatiana Richardson, and I'm here to introduce you to some amazing authors this season. This season, uh, in our next installment, we talked to Ray Sean, who is a native of Los Angeles, a journalist, photojournalist, and a sociologist who just happens to write uh, romantic suspense. Um, I'm a novice at romantic suspense. I know nothing about romantic suspense, but I do absolutely love the genre. And so I got to talk to her about her love of romantic suspense, what motivates her, what drives her, how she writes, how she researches, and most of all, what is so amazing about romance to her. So you all sit back and enjoy my interview with author Ray Sean. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast. I this is another season of our Writers in Color series. I am here with Rayshawn, who is a California native and a multi-genre, I guess um writer in crime, thriller, suspense, romantic suspense. Like I said, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, um, your latest book is called Calculated Reactions. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, but I think we follow, like I said, we follow each other on Instagram, I think. And for me as a baby writer, I've not been published yet or anything. I was really looking for other writers, other women of color, other black women who are writing in the genre. And, you know, trying to learn craft, trying to learn, you know, what makes other writers tick. So this entire interview series is all about that. And I'm so glad you are our first guest of the season series. Um, so that's really, really awesome. So tell me, first of all, I start with the same question with everybody. Tell me, when did you first fall in love with romance novels? And a little bit about your background, if that had anything to do with you falling in love with, with romance novels. All right. Well, thank you first for having me on the show. It's um, very exciting. <laughs> it's real easy for me to talk to other people, but when it's my turn, I'm like, oh, okay. Question. <laughs> um, first, 
romance novel that I can I can't remember exactly what the first book was that I wrote I mean read but um I know that it was around like Zane's (laughs) height and I should not have been books (laughs) (laughs) I was a teenager and I was like well um this looks interesting and uh yeah how many times did I get in trouble for reading a book by Zane? <laughs> yeah. And then um, I was also reading like Nora Roberts and um, of course, because who can't? <laughs> right. There were a few and um, not on them alone and just to name some, but I think that I was writing poetry around the time, like most angsty teenagers do. And mm-hmm kind of led me to wanting to write a book because I was like oh they're doing it I can do it but then it still took another 15 years <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so I think I've always been I mean my actual last name is in the realm of like romance and love and all that so I think it's just it was meant to happen <laughs> meant to be it was fated you were fated to be a romance writer so yeah, yeah so you you have a a background I think is really interesting. So you have a BS in sociology and degrees in journalism and public relations. Mm-hmm. Do those things kind of factor in that kind of your educational background factor into what you write or how you write? Uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, so for my first book that I, I published last March, it's called Kane's Justice. Mm-hmm. The main character she has a background in um, psychology, which was my major before I switched to sociology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I kind of used some of the things that I learned and she was a psychologist uh, or a psychiatrist rather. And I used some of what I learned and some of what I studied before I switched majors for her. And it also <laughs> um, plays into just how some of the people communicate in the books. And then I also have a journalist as a main character in a different series. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> totally, just right up in my alley. Right. 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 So let's talk about when you first started writing uh, romance novels or, or, or novels in general, because you just did the romance, sort of like thriller, crime. Like, because your background definitely lends to kind of like this crime, thriller, mm-hmm. romantic suspense. Which, you know, I, I read a lot of, and I know a lot of people don't like to, a lot of people like more of the cozy mystery type stuff, which is for, for anyone that doesn't know, it's like the stuff you kind of see on Hallmark. You know, you don't mm-hmm. really see the good and the good, it's just sort of like a alluded to. Um, but, you know, you're writing kind of the, you know, dumb shoe. I wouldn't say dumb shoe, but, um, you know, the kind of, you know, really in-depth romance, thriller, crime is is there anybody that kind of influenced you to move in that realm or what kind of like moved you into that realm of of romance writing um I think what it was uh, I consumed a lot of James Patterson Mm -hmm. and like he is an amazing author but you didn't often see black women or women of color writing at his caliber right I was like, I want to write a a book like James Patterson, mm. but from the perspective of Black female. Mm. Yeah, he has Alex Cross, who is amazing and has all like all these accolades around that that series, but like he's so white, 
Right, right. So I wanted to be able to do something like Alex Cross, but from my perspective. So I have my crime series or my thrillers or my mysteries have female leads that are Black and they're the equivalent of, in my eyes, of Alex Cross. Yeah, yeah. But I think the difference with you and, say, Patterson is I feel like you could pluck Alex Cross out of the book and, like, I mean, no mention of his race whatsoever and he'd still be, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no really any cultural touch yeah. points um, when you're reading something about, like, about an Alex Cross or something like that. But on the other hand, you're definitely lending voice and cultural perspective within the genre. So that yeah. I, I definitely think that would be that would definitely be a difference between you and say a, a James Patterson who could you know Alice Cross could be any race to be quite honest you know because he seems so you know ambiguous at times you know um, right 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 so um, you so you self publish mostly mm-hmm. what's that process like for you and are you even are you interested in self in, in maybe traditional publishing or what led you to self-publishing versus traditional publishing um so i got started writing last january and mm-hmm. writing my butt off <laughs> and i finished the book and i was like okay so how does this work so i started looking into the process of like how traditional publishing and the querying and and the pitching and i'm like i don't want to wait all this time for somebody right. to continue tells me no so I'm just mm-hmm. gonna do it myself <laughs> right 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 and right. um I think that maybe at some point I might query um but it's not something on the forefront right now like I've submitted to a couple of anthologies but that's not the same thing mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I just, I don't know I don't know if it's for me Right. Maybe right. we'll see. But for now, I'm kind of enjoying the fact that I have my freedom to put out what I want when I want. All right. So are you writing full time and and that's it? Are you balancing writing with the quote unquote day job? Um, I guess you could say my entire realm of work is writing because I freelance for journalism at the moment. Okay. okay. Writing full time. So it's okay. just con- Continuous right, 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 right. No matter what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And during this like crazy time of the pandemic and stuff, how has it affected your writing in any kind of way? Have you like produced more? I know for me, I definitely produced more <laughs> during mm-hmm. the pandemic than I did before. Um, and it really inspired me to kind of try new things and you know, not be afraid to step out there and, and you know, put my toe into the, the waters of, say, a querying or something like that. So how has the pandemic kind of shaped you and, and even what you're writing and, and things like that? Um, Since I started writing right at, I guess you could say, the, the top of the pandemic starting, right. um, it kind of gave me the ability to focus in and really hone down and like learn a few new things and find all the different aspects. And I've been writing so much. Okay, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I probably wouldn't have written as much if it was like a quote unquote normal year, but I definitely found myself sitting at my computer five or six days a week 
and not upset about it and just mm-hmm. writing and writing. And I've written, I have <laughs> eight books out in a year. So wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Eight books in a year. Girl, I mean, I can't even get <laughs> I can't even finish two. <laughs> finish writing two. That's that's crazy. Wow. Eight books in a year. And you, you wrote them all within the year. Yeah. So I wrote um every single book that I have out currently. Mm. I wrote last year. And wow. starting no, yeah, every single book. You mentioned calculated reaction. I wrote that last year too. So every book that mm-hmm. I have out at the moment was written last year. Everything going forward from now is gonna be like books that I started writing in January. So yeah. Oh wow. Oh wow. <laughs> that's that's crazy. That is a crazy amount of books. And so in the self-publishing process, do you handle everything, the editing, the covers? you know, the, the, the blurbs, all of that, do you handle all of that for yourself or do you, do you, um, um, you know, delegate. Some of that out to other people? Yeah, delegate that to other folks? Um, at the moment I'm doing all of the editing and I do my own covers and, um, the, oh, blurbs make me want to like throw myself <laughs> out a window. Um, yeah. but I do have, this group of uh, authors that I I write with regularly and they are very, very supportive. And um, so I think like a lot of, I bounce a lot of my ideas off of them and like some of the situations that I'm dealing with and Mm. like how my covers are coming along and they're very, Mm. very helpful. So yes, I'm doing it mostly myself, but because of the support that I get from them, <laughs> like yeah, it's it's a it's a heck of a lot better than it might have been otherwise. So you bring up something I was going to touch on in a minute, but a, a writing community. So you say you have a group of of folks that you kind of bounce ideas off of other writers, I presume, um, mm-hmm. that you kind of you know have a, a writing space or writing community with. Um, how important is having that writing community for you and? You know, do you have like a mentor in that community or or have you been a mentor to somebody in the community? Um, it is very important to me. I found them when I finished writing the second book that I was working on. Um, and at the time I was just like, I don't even know if this book is gonna make any sense. I don't mm-hmm. know if anyone's gonna gonna wanna hear this. And like I happened across the group. Um it's word makers. Uh, it's run by, or it was organized by Tasha L. Harrison. And mm. I found them on Twitter last May and I have not regretted that group, like joining it one day since I, I got in that community and like everybody in there kind of mentors each other. Like there are people that are traditionally published hybrid um, self published um not having put out anything yet querying like there's different levels and everyone has different perspectives and I think that it kind of helps a lot because we can we can help each other out even the most experienced people in the group are like okay so I have this situation and I'm not really sure and then everyone mm-hmm. will be like oh look this is something that might work da, 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 whatever and mm-hmm. so it's like a mentor mentee situation that you find yourself in at any given point, like literally in the same writing session, it could be like, okay, so I'm having this struggle. And then everyone kind of helps you out. And and then someone else is having the same kind of issue or on something else. And then 
you'll be like, oh, so what about this? Da, 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 da. And people, you know, sit down and chat and grow from it. And I think it's helped all of us a lot. And I just find that whole community to be like a mentorship mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not even just like most of the people in the group are romance authors, but you've got um some that do kid lit and other stuff too. So you get different kind of experiences and even yeah. though people write different stuff, YA and so forth, it's still mm-hmm. everyone's growing and learning from um each other. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Tasha Harris. I love Tasha. First of all, I love Tasha Harris. <laughs> I stand her. So if she's listening to this, I doubt she's listening to this, but if she's, if she's, if she's, I stand her. I just finished if she says yes. And um, it was so steamy. Like my glasses are fogging up. Um, I think I mentioned that on Twitter. I was like, my glasses are fogging up. But yeah, I stand, I stand Tasha. She is amazing. Yeah. Like, so is the group mostly people of color or women of color or a black woman? Um. Yeah, it's kind of mixed, honestly, but everybody mm-hmm. in there has like a very like level-headed like idea. Like th- there's, um, I want to say it's a good amount of women of color in there, um, but then you get also the other diversity being like queer writers, straight writers, mm-hmm. asexual, so on and so forth, or whatever. And then like, I guess because of that it also helps the, the community too because there's right. no judgment being it, be it your skin color or your sexual preference mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think that's really important too because people write different types of books you got your same-sex books you've got your super kinky books right, <laughs> you've got right. super be- behind closed doors nothing happens on the page and none of that it's not it's no judgment right so right, 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 yeah right. but it is a lot of I think a lot of women of color in that group. Um, That's awesome. awesome. Which is, which is also really great. So you've written these like eight books (laughs) in like a year, which is, I'm just sitting here with my mouth still, my jaw still on the floor. (laughs) Like how, if if at any time you had like a writer's block or something like that, how did you break through that and get to where you had, you know, were able to complete eight books? and not have any type of block, you know, or if you did have a block, how did you work through that? Oh, I have a block every book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll last a couple of days or a couple of weeks, dependent. Um, but like, I'll cry, whine, gripe, moan, and complain. Mm-hmm. And then somebody will like bop me over the head <laughs> and be <laughs> like, why are you whining? <laughs> um, figuratively. Um, but no, normally if I get really stuck and I just don't know what to do, I'll either switch to another project because I have so many series that I'm working on at the same time mm-hmm. that I can switch to something else and make progress on that. Or I'll like take a break from writing and focus on just researching. So consuming other people's um, work, watching mm-hmm. a movie, a book, watching a TV show. Um, just like meditating, which I've been trying to do, but my brain doesn't like to slow down. So that's, but yeah, like usually if I hit a block and it comes every book, even if it's just for a couple hours, I'll be like, yeah, uh, it's time for me to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think sometimes we get just like overloaded and put a lot of pressure on ourselves 
to make every season look just right. Um, that we have to just kind of like take a step back and like, look, it's it's a look, especially with the first draft. Like, look, look here, it's not gonna be perfect. It's not gonna be cute. Um, when we finish it, um, and so you know, taking a step back for a while is probably the best thing to do to kind of break, like you said, break through that that yeah. kind of writer's block. Um. So I know, and I know you've written these eight books, and writing is so solitary a lot of times, and it's long and it's just tedious. How do you break up those moments where you feel like you're just kind of like in the weeds, you know, in your writing? Like you're just like, okay, I don't know what to do. I'm in over my head, you know, and I'm alone. I don't know what, you know. I'm just, I'm just, I've had it up to here. Like, how do you break through those kind of moments? Um, I usually like because of this group we literally will be like hey anybody want to write <laughs> and just yeah. post the group and be like anybody want to write and we'll hop on zoom and we will just marinate together because nine times out of ten somebody else is also stuck and it, if we talk and chat for a little bit then we can like I don't feel as alone I am not even gonna lie I am dependent on <laughs> that group right now yeah. just because it's so it's such a a happy place and such a great um experience that I'm getting from it that like I'll try to write by myself or I'll be working on whatever and yes even in the writing sessions I'm still technically alone but just having that other person metaphorically in the room kind of helps so if I get really stuck we'll do like a 30 or a 45 or whatever and then like after we'll check in and oh, how'd you do? I did nothing. I was scrolling. Right. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. You're like, okay, so what are you supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be working on this scene, but like da 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 da, whatever. And then like talking through it'll help and it doesn't feel as solitary because it's like I have someone to talk to versus if I was sitting here by myself in this room. I would literally probably never finish writing something. Mm -hmm. I wrote the first two books that I wrote. I wrote them by myself. And granted, I did finish them fairly quickly. I didn't have too much struggle writing through them. But like, as you continue with your career moving forward, there's always something. And March is a difficult month for me to write in, to really function in. And I was trying to write a book during the entire month of March and the entire book just did not come together how I wanted it to. It was not what I planned. And the group was just really supportive. Like maybe you should work on other stuff and not focus on it. Take some time off. Do, you know, just sit here with us if you want to, if you need the company, whatever. And I didn't listen and I wrote a terrible book and now I'm rewriting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was just like, because I was so in the dumps, like so stuck in the muck Uh in in March, I I didn't want to feel alone. So I stayed in the room with them and and worked even though I produced garbage. But now that garbage is being turned into something real pretty. I'm making art. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Right, you're you, you can, you're you're able to salvage it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like with the right help, with the right push. A lot of times, things that you think are, ugh, I think you're able to salvage salvage those things, and like you said, turn them into something. Yeah, really, really nice, really, really good. So, 
in writing so, so let's, let's 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 back up a little bit so your let's talk about your latest work your latest um book that you have out now so tell us a little bit about it just a, just a little quick quick elevator pitch <laughs> about <laughs> about the book and, and, and what it's about Okay, so uh, Calculated Reaction is the is book two in my Reaction Chronicles. It follows a journalist and her, um, as of the second book, husband, and they are hunting a serial killer that um, no one knew it. They didn't connect the dots to the person existing, and she did. And mm-hmm. serial killer is now like, okay, you're messing with my my life. I'm finna come after you. Mm, mm, mm. so that's okay so so i know crime kind of has its own particularly when you're when you're doing crime and kind of doing like romantic suspense and crime and stuff has its own kind of rules mm-hmm. um how, how much first how 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 strict are you to those rules and how how often do you kind of deviate from the rules that kind of quote unquote for that particular subgenre, <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like um, I think I stay within the rules fairly well, but like mm. I will like there will be a trope or whatever, mm. and I'll just play off of that trope and give it my own twist. So mm-hmm. usually um you'll have your main character and then you'll have your antagonist and but I like to have two main characters so that that's the relationship and the antagonist has has nothing to do with them Mm -hmm. exactly and um it builds off of that but usually the antagonist is somehow in their realm and they don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's it's causing sort of tension between the two main characters that particular yeah. yeah yeah so I'll have that um it'll be the romance between the two main characters and then you'll have the external issues with that third um person who's technically a main character as well but they're the antagonist so um I feel like I I kind of break the rules a little bit but I mean it's okay <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. They, I mean, rules are made to be broken. You know what I mean? Right. You know, particularly with writing. You know, so you just make up your own rules, and then your rule, your your new rules become the standard. Maybe who knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> so what? I mean, so you say you. This is this particular thing is about serial. This particular work is about serial killers. How mm-hmm. I mean, how much research did you have to do? How much world building did you have to do before <laughs> you like started writing? Because my God, to kind of delve into that world of like serial killers and stuff, like I don't think I, I don't think I'm mentally. That's why I don't write crime because I, I cannot do it. I don't think I'm mentally like able to do it. I want everything to be happy, 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 and love, 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 you know what I mean, all the time. So you know, I mean, I want some tension, but like you know. Like oh you it was a miscommunication type tension not like yeah. you know you murdered my dad <laughs> you know type of tension but gosh I mean how much how much like research and, and world building did you do to like you know create this 
Um, so I I cheated a little bit because I just used an existing city because I'm like, I don't even want to have to build a town or nothing. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm from LA. So most of my books take place in LA mm-hmm. because that's a little easier. But um, beyond that, I did have to do a lot of like, I don't want to use exact like places or anything like that. So I have to like play around with it and give you general areas and like build up the town, like the little neighborhood they live in and um, the research into, uh, I felt like, I was like, oh man, if an FBI person opened up my computer, they're going to be like, she trying to plan a murder. It's research, it's research. Um, no, but I use a lot um for this particular one, I used a lot of um, other books that had serial killers in them. And mine isn't a typical serial killer. So that also played into it because I had to figure out like methodology and all the like different little small things. So I spent a lot of time watching movies, researching actual serial killers, looking up books, like nonfiction books about serial killers and it got to a point where I was writing the serial killer like this person is nuts and then I'm like hold on I'm writing this person <laughs> so what does it say about me <laughs> so what does this say Ooh, yeah. like, I had a reader tell me from the first book like they weren't expecting the serial killer to be who they were nor were they expecting the level of psychoticness based on who the serial killer was. And I was like, well, I did my job. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to give anything away, but I mean, because I want people to read, go out and, and get your books and read them. But just, okay, without giving away anything, what's one thing you think would be like not typical of this particular character without giving anything away? Um, so typically a serial killer has um one method of killing mm. and it's their signature mm-hmm. my serial killer does not kill the same way ever ever mm. wow okay wow <laughs> <laughs> wow so with all of these different methods of killing were those some of the hardest things to write or what what were some of the hardest things to write in the in, in the series or in the in the, in the novel surprisingly that was not the hard part to write which again what does that say about me um (laughs) there's a flashback that um my main character my my heroine has and that was the hardest part that I wrote thus Mm -hmm. far in that series because she's remembering something that happened in her childhood and um I kind of drew from my own childhood Mm -hmm. and it was like you know confront your own demons kind of situation yeah yeah. so when I wrote it it wasn't that hard because it was like a little therapy session but when I was going back and editing and I had to read it and read it and read it I was like I'm not gonna make it (laughs) no man oh oh. Oh, it it was really hard and I I tend to do that in any of my books I will Mm -hmm. try to put in just like a little scene that would touch other people people would understand immediately and usually those scenes have to do with something that actually happened to me or someone I know um and those are the hardest scenes to write and edit through Mm -hmm. like 
buckets of tears. <laughs> right, 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 right. Wow. Yeah. So I know we talked about, you said you're from LA. Mm-hmm. How, how much of LA is a character in, in your novels? Um, I think the vibe of the, like char- the character personalities is based on the fact that they are from LA mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you'll get some of the, I don't know if you've noticed, I think I've been doing it. I've been trying not to, but like, oh, <laughs> word. that word. And I'll be reading through my, like my drafts and be like, nope, got to take that. Like, got to take that. Like, why are they saying like? So like, so like, (laughs) I tend to try not to put too much into it so that you can kind of feel like, (laughs) now I'm catching every time I say (laughs) that. No, just keep keep saying it, keep saying it. (laughs) So you can feel the, um, you can feel like you're in, (laughs) but not necessarily, it could also be somewhere else. So most of the story takes place in um I have three series out I believe let me count yes three two of them take place in LA one is in San Francisco so I use California heavily but they also travel other places or are from other places and so I'll bring in that so the the city itself is bustling and crazy and it's a lot going on and so it's a character in its own being but I definitely focus heavy more on the um characters in the actual setting yeah yeah so with crime with romantic suspense um in trying to appeal to like a broader group of folks like you say you 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 know you don't want to narrow it down to just you know people who can get certain things about LA or, or certain things about the genre or things like that how do you like avoid harmful stereotypes or harmful tropes that you know just in order just to get quote-unquote a broader audience to relate to if, if that makes sense um, yeah I do I so I try to write what I know that way mm. I can't offend anybody because it's my own experience you can't tell me what I'm writing is wrong if it's something that I went through that other people I know went through so mm-hmm. so that's why I I focus on black romance more so and I know that like as a author of color sometimes that is like well you could still do IR I have no problem with IR I love consuming it but that's not what I write because it's not what I know (laughs) yes yes I feel like you have to have been in the situation at some point or another to write that and not offend the other race that you're using the other ethnicity so to avoid doing that I write what I know. I write, I know black folks. So I write black folks. The side characters though are not always black. They they are of different backgrounds, but, and if they have a significant role, I use, I draw on um, people that I know and base Mm -hmm. their personalities on them so that I am avoiding as many stereotypes as possible. Um, Mm -hmm don't want to offend anybody because if I read something and I get offended I know how I feel and I don't want someone to read my work and be like oh that is not how blah 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 acts like you are absolutely right I don't want to like I don't want to hop into to the 
the fray being like, oh, let me write an LGBTQ character because everyone else is doing it. Like, no, I do have a couple characters that are bi or trans or whatever, but I they're based on people I know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the personality is based on a, a, a myriad of factors. And um, if I get wrong, please, somebody call me out. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. I will fix it. But I, I, I do like to stay with where I know, stay in my lane. That way I can't offend you purposely. Everybody's going to get offended by something at some point or another. But the way for me to, like, if you read my book, mm-hmm. you like it or you don't. Like, I can't please right. everybody. So right. to avoid trying to appeal to the larger audience, I just stick to what is something that, I would like to consume myself, which means that there are others out there because I know I ain't the only one. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And I mean, when you when you say, you know, tell me if I don't get it right. I think a lot of times that's where like sensitivity readers mm-hmm. come from, you know what I'm saying? I think people need to use them more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are a very underutilized resource. Um, They're definitely important. Um, and, folks people, get and, pay, and pay them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other thing. Pay them, pay them for their labor. Um, just speaking from my own experience, I I'm working on like a quote unquote small town series that mm-hmm. features somebody that's trans in it, and you know I self identify as somebody that is queer. However, I'm not trans, mm-hmm. um, so you know I definitely got a sensitivity reader to that who is trans to say, hey, am I getting this right? Am I doing this right? You know, what am I saying? You know, how could I, you know, flesh this out, so on and so forth, you know, without having somebody be a stereotype or have anything be harmful. Because because I told them when I was writing, I said, I do not want to navigate in a a space of stereotypes and and, and harmful tropes Mm -hmm. and and violence against that person, basically, Um, the the character in in the book. And so I think people, if people would use sensitivity readers more, I know this is my whole spiel, <laughs> but if people <laughs> use sensitivity readers more, we, we would not have these crazy things that happen. Oh no, I completely in, in romance, you know what I mean? Somebody who's doing a, a book about X, Y, and Z and have, and have not had a single person say, you know, that's not right. You know, you right. shouldn't write about this. You know, if you know nothing about this, then why are you writing? You know what I mean? And or, or why didn't you get somebody to help you, or you know, have a sensitivity reader and stuff like that? So much that that the fallacies of, of that can be avoided. So Absolutely. I don't know. This is, this is my soapbox. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, get back up on that soapbox because that needs to be said. You know, that needs to be yelled to the mountaintops because folks just it it don't it don't even click sometimes, and then. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have a, and that's the other issue that uh, arises too. You'll sometimes you'll have a sensitivity reader, but you don't agree with what they said, so you don't mm-hmm. make the changes that they mm-hmm. suggest because right. you're like, well, I don't think that's not that's not going to fit for my story. But that's the problem. Right. They're telling you the that this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. how these issues have arisen um, mm-hmm. as of late. And yeah, yeah, definitely, especially in the. Um, LGBTQ, Lord, all those letters. <laughs> <Especially> <laughs> all <right. laughs> like, 
you have to be, I mean, you should be sensitive in general. It doesn't matter what the community is, but they face so much as is on a daily basis. They don't need to have books representing them poorly. Exactly. 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 And I I feel that way about, you know, being black and being a woman and having, mm-hmm. you know, being black, being a woman, being, you know, plus size, having all these kind of lived experiences. Mm-hmm. And when people want to write them who are not in those spaces, you know, it's just like, okay, so what do you, what is, what is the agenda here? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, for you, you're writing crime, you're writing thrillers and, you know, if someone wants to write something with a black, you know, main character whose race or something does not factor into how they investigate certain crimes, then what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, what are you, what, what, what purpose was it to have them be black? Just to say you had them be black, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because even, even, you know, if you speak to people who are working crime, working investigative reporting, working in those type of areas, their own, you know, biases, you know, their own lived experiences do kind of factor into the outcome of how they investigate or look at things, you know? So I don't know. For me, I like when I read um, romances or thrillers or crimes that a person is very well aware of who they are and what Mm -hmm. what they're bringing to the situation, particularly when they're investigating something that may have been heinous or something that reflects something in their own lives you know what I mean so yeah yeah and yeah I write um I I my full length series are um, romantic suspense thriller mystery crime whatever um Mm -hmm. but then I have contemporary that I write and those are like mid they're like novella lengths mostly um I don't want to like say that word on the record because they keep getting longer but like within those I try my hardest to avoid all the crime and craziness because I just want like the normal small little misunderstandings does that always work no but (laughs) right 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 I do like within that within that series I have been exploring a lot more of just um black culture so um Or it, it, be it a plus size woman because I used to be bony as hell. I'm not no more. I don't know <laughs> fully say that I am plus size, but I am not um, a stick figure. <laughs> but like, so you know, I've I've been embracing the fact that first off, black is not one color, it's not. and second, it comes in multiple sizes, and mm-hmm. that you like what you like no matter what it may be and so like i'm trying to address that in all of my contemporary um mm-hmm. because i feel like it is a lived ex- <clears throat> excuse me it is a lived experience seeing as though i am developing over time into a different woman every day mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. i deal with certain situations via be it um the color of my skin and where I was born and moving somewhere else that is not used to people of my skin color being there or people Mm -hmm. from my city or you know a person that is not going to keep quiet if you disrespect them (laughs) I put all of that in Mm -hmm. my book so Mm -hmm. 
And, yeah. and I try to touch those things more so in the contemporary because I feel like the crime already has enough craziness going on. But yeah, it yeah. seeps in there too. It seeps in there too. <laughs> <laughs> so what um what advice do you have for like what, what well first of all, what what's some advice you have for aspiring aspiring writers and what are some common traps for aspiring writers? Um, so for aspiring writers, you definitely need to find people that are there to support you, but not to be your yes man. You need people that are going to tell you like, okay, this sounds great, but you can improve it if you try this, not just say, oh, this is, this is gold. Go put that out in the world because that is a trap. People think yeah. that they're working perfect and they will try to query it. And when they're pitching and pitching and pitching and nobody accepts it, they try it. You know, they go, okay, fine. I'm just going to go publish it myself. Well, there was a reason that it was not accepted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we should look into that. So that's my main thing. Find your, your group, find your people that are going to help you grow, not stay stagnant. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've written all these, these, these eight books in a year. You're probably going to write about nine more this year. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. What, what, maybe, maybe. What does literary success look like to you? Is it, what is it, what is, well, how do you define it? Um, if my book, if a, a reader picks up my book and it makes a difference because I try to put in lessons about life in general on top of whatever romance or crime or whatever is happening, if they pick up my book and it makes a difference in their life, that's literary success for me because I know that when I was reading books growing up, there was always something that I pulled out of it, be it the personality or a, a thing that a, the character went through. And I'm just like this, I understand this. I can connect with this. If I can do that for a reader, if I can help them through a tough situation or help them make a decision about something by just the personality of a character or a, a flashback that they had or, um, you know, them finding love or solving a case or whatever, um, that's success for me because mm. that means my writing made a difference yeah 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 cool so okay we're getting toward the end of the of the interview and so i'm going to ask you some like rapid fire questions like james mm -hmm. lipton of the actor studio um <laughs> so these are going to be fun questions um that you there's no right answer there's no wrong answer just whatever you want to say um is is the answer so here we go so favorite book as a kid uh the very hungry calculator i was a fat kid <laughs> that was my, my daughter loved that book um do you like heroes or villains oh like it depends but usually the villains usually villains yeah love scenes or dramatic arguments Ooh. um or in your or in your case like murder murder scenes <laughs> All right, so if we have the three, it'll be dramatic arguments because they're always funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You'd be like, really? Is this what y'all doing? Yeah. So. Yeah. What's the best um, book to movie you've seen? Like book that was a, that was turned into a movie. Um, 
Mm-hmm. If there was one, if not, you say I, I haven't seen one. I'm just trying to think of one that I can probably, yeah, I'm gonna go with um, the girl with all the gifts. Um, Yeah, Mike Carey. Yeah, the book was great. The movie was really good too. I think that the book might have outshined the movie though. Hmm. (laughs) No, I'm just (laughs) So if you got a really huge advance for a book, what would you be your first purchase with a big advance? Um first purchase. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to be in your business. Uh, <laughs> I wish. Um <laughs> I would, probably a, a house. A house. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like a place in to LA girl. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. I don't know where it would be, but not LA. Oof. It's too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) So book reviews, do you read them or not read them? Sometimes. I I try to avoid them. Try to avoid them. Um, The last romance novel you read? Uh, Being Mary by Mika James. I'm in the process of reading an arc of an acquired taste by um, Kelly Kane, though. And that's really good so far. But the last... Yeah, the last romance book, Being Married by Mika James. Yeah, Kelly's my friend, so she's in my um, my, my writing group, so yeah, I'm by <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, we love you, so yes. Um, <laughs> um, do, do you write to music? Um, if so, what do you, what do you usually like, listen to? Ooh, all over the board. I, I definitely have a soundtrack <laughs> for every book. <laughs> Um, and it is literally all over the board it can bounce from like pop to rap to country (laughs) it really depends on the vibe for the book yeah right now I'm listening to um (laughs) the book I'm working on is is a dancer and a singer so it's a whole lot of sexy time music oh I like now (laughs) yeah so is there a book out there that you wish you would have written? <sighs> so many. <laughs> I know that's a hard one. <laughs> um, if I had to choose one, I can't. I, ooh, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You don't know. I can't. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. 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 Um the uh favorite word you use in your writing i think you said like you have like a lot man yes like or <laughs> was my characters don't be doing nothing that first draft they was everything doing <laughs> things <laughs> like does yeah. come up a lot though too much so if one if one of your books became a movie who would you want to play the lead <laughs> can I pick a book? <laughs> yeah, you can pick a book and then say say the say the lead. Sure. Okay. So um for since we were talking about calculated reactions so much, um mm-hmm. my hero would be Lance Gross. Ooh, because yes. he is fine. <laughs> yeah, no, but, he, um, he was kind of the inspiration behind um the character. So 
that would definitely be um, my hero in the reaction series. And then my hero, my heroine would be um, Amber Riley is who I based my heroine on. So I think they would actually be cute together too. They would, they would, they would. And where do you see romance novels going and like, or, or crime novels or romantic thrillers going in the next decade? I hope up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just so much drama around romance novels and even crime because a lot of crime has to do with uh, law enforcement and we know what's going on in the world with that right now. So yeah, it's very yeah. difficult to write it because my characters are in the realm of law enforcement. But mm-hmm. I think that moving forward, especially like if people write my their characters like I write mine, they're not very they're by the book but like you just have to move forward and go with what's happening in the world and not sit here and try and act like things don't exist so if people can do that moving forward with crime law enforcement definitely it'll it'll be better um as far as romance in general um i think it can go really you know well because you slowly for as long as it's existed, see it developing and getting better. Um, mm. More more stuff is ending up turned into TV shows or miniseries or movies. Um, I think that indie is going to be the place to be because publishers, yeah, yeah. the publishers, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And when it's all said and done, what do you want people to say about the books you write? They were meaningful, funny, and believable. All right. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Tell us where we can find you on social media real quick. Uh, thank you for having me on. You guys can catch me on um, Twitter or Instagram at Rayshawn Stories. Um, and my website is loverayshawn.com. All right. Thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun. I had a blast. This was awesome. Me too. And much, much success to you. And um, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a ball. Thank you for inviting me on, having this opportunity for us authors out here. Of course, of course. And um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs>